The recent world events are quite distressing, aren't they? That I might say a word on that, but then I thought better. I thought, let's let our patron offer a word to us uh, this morning. Uh, you know how he writes, which is tricky. It's even trickier in a mixed congregation like this. So listen closely if you want to, if you want to understand what's going on. 1991, in a letter, John Paul II wrote this in part. He said, the old forms of totalitarianism, that is, state has the right of complete, total control over all people who live in its boundaries. The old forms of totalitarianism and authoritarianism, the Soviet Union, for example, are not yet completely vanquished. Indeed, there is a risk that they will regain their strength. This demands renewed efforts of cooperation and solidarity between all countries. He wasn't the blind leading the blind, was he? Not only a saint, but a prophet, 1991, writing this. In modern times, <clears throat> he wrote, the principle of the rule of law in which the law is sovereign and not the arbitrary will of individuals has been opposed by totalitarianism, which in its Marxist-Leninist form, also known as real socialism, maintains that some people, by virtue of a deeper knowledge of the laws of the de development of society, or through membership of a particular class, or through contact with the deeper sources of the collective consciousness, are exempt from error and can therefore take to themselves the exercise of absolute power. That's the picture of Putin. It must be added that totalitarianism arises out of a denial of truth in the objective sense, meaning it's true regardless of whether you, I, or anyone else says it's true. If there is no transcendent truth beyond our manipulation, in obedience to which man achieves his full identity, then there is no sure principle for guaranteeing just relations between people. If there are no rules in a basketball game, it's going to be chaos. Their self-interest as a class, group, or nation would inevitably set them in opposition to one another. If one does not acknowledge transcendent truth, then the force of power takes over and each person tends to make full use of the means at his disposal in order to impose his own interest or his own opinion with no regard for the rights of others. People are then respected only to the extent that they can be exploited for selfish ends. If talk, diplomacy works, and I'll do it, but if not, I'll take it however I want it. Thus, the root of modern totalitarianism is to be found in the denial of the transcendent dignity of the human person, who, as the visible image of the invisible God, is therefore by his very nature the subject of rights which no one may violate, no individual, group, class, nation, or state. Not even the majority of a social body may violate these rights by going against the minority, by isolating, oppressing, or exploiting it, or by attempting to annihilate it. The dignity of the human person is the root of a just society. It's rooted, the human person is, in God. You obscure God, you obscure the dignity of the human person, and your society becomes 
profoundly unjust. In the totalitarianism and authoritarian regimes, the principle that force takes priority over reason was carried to the extreme. Man was compelled to submit to a conception of reality imposed on him by coercion and not reached by virtue of his own reason and the exercise of his own freedom. What to think was forced on him. John Paul II saw this firsthand. Alternatives are not permitted. The thought police really did exist. But the restriction of freedom can take many forms, can't it? I mean, just think how China and Russia limit the flow of information into their countries, how they censor news and social media, how they control religious practice. Only what they want is communicated and used to educate the young, which provides an incomplete and skewed view of reality and of themselves. Yet this doesn't only happen in authoritarian regimes, does it? Aren't voices that don't fit the prevailing narrative silenced or excluded on our college campuses? Doesn't the social media, the media in general, present a one-sided view of human sexuality, pressuring our youth to conform? Aren't bakers, for example, required to violate their conscience and forced to make things that others down the street would be happy to create? Don't our schools systematically exclude God as though the whole of life can be lived without reference to him? Is this not an imposition of a reality? Democracies are not immune from such things. John Paul II went on to say, authentic democracy is possible only in a state ruled by law and on the basis of a correct conception of the human person. It requires that the necessary conditions be present for the advancement both of the individual through education and formation in true ideals and of society through the creation of structures of participation and shared responsibility. We all have a part to play in making sure that society doesn't crumble away. Nowadays, there is a tendency to claim that agnosticism, not worrying about God, and skeptical relativism, truth is subjective, it can't be known really, are the philosophy and the basic attitude which correspond to democratic forms of political life. Those who are convinced that they know the truth and firmly adhere to it, like practicing Catholics, are considered unreliable from a democratic point of view, since they do not accept that truth is determined by the majority or that it is subject to variation according to different political trends. If the majority says abortion is fine, then it must be fine. It must be observed in this regard that if there is no ultimate truth to guide and direct political activity, then ideas and convictions can easily be manipulated for reasons of power. As history demonstrates, a democracy without values easily turns into open, or thinly disguised totalitarianism. Both have at their roots a disregard for God, the thinly disguised in the democracy and the outright one in Russia, of disregarding God and the nature of the human person. The kernel from which they grow is the same. 
John Paul II said, this is counteracted when man is understood in a more complete way. When he is situated within the sphere of culture through his language, history, and the position he takes towards the fundamental events of life, such as birth, love, work, and death. At the heart of every culture lies the attitude a man takes to the greatest mystery, the mystery of God. Different cultures are basically different ways of facing the question of the meaning of personal existence. When this question is eliminated, the culture and moral life of nations are corrupted. Do we even ask the question any longer, what's the purpose of life? What is a human being? How should education be suited to what we are? Friends, ideas, philosophies, and convictions have world-changing consequences. They may take the shape of structures, institutions, or rogue states, but they all originate in the human heart. What in your life, what in our country, what in our world can address the source of so much dysfunction and suffering? Thanks be to God for what he has given us in Jesus, the Son of God and the Son of Man, the image of authentic humanity. 